Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome once again. It is time, once again, for a very midfield podcast. Now with new production tools, so it's twice as shitty, but three times as clear. We're here to suck in 4K. Thank you, thank you very much. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. That that soundboard is the worst thing of all time. I hate it so much. (laughs) There's nobody in here. No one's clapping. I just have buttons now, and I can abuse you all with these buttons because you love us so much, all five of you. Uh, We did figure out now how to get the buttons in. Um, The buttons in. Wow. We we figured out how to get the the questions in. But before we get to all that, once more, as always, I'm joined by my good friend and fellow uh, racing enthusiast, Colberto. Colberto, say hello to everybody. More power, baby. <laughs> Ooh, and on that note, I got one question for the man, the myth, the legend, the Chaw Champion, Boba. Uh, engines are stroked out and bored to produce... Uh, uh, more power, baby? Mo- more power, baby? More power, more power baby. baby. If you so, if you've never seen this video, it's a guy that literally just sits there and goes, "Mo power, baby," and uh, Boba showed it to me, and now we've all been stricken with idiocy on account of this video, <laughs> and so we just sit around saying this as we play Forza or whatever. Mo, Mo power, baby. It's, Mo it's power, gotten baby. bad. Yes, just that, help us. There, it's bad. Help. It's uh, gonna... Please email the podcast with some help. Uh... If, you, if anyone knows where I live, just come up, come to my house, take me out back, shoot me. It's the only way. It's like a zombie yeah. virus. Just go ahead and pull the plug now. It's the only way to be sure. But uh, anywho, so F1, the reason that we actually do this. Oh, wow, yeah. shocking. We're going to talk about cars now. That's crazy. Um, so we oh. left off, uh, first of all, bonus episode today. Uh, today is the... 17th of November, we recorded and pushed one out uh, earlier this Monday, and we're doing it again because, you know, we we took a long time, and we have a lot of shit to cover. So, onwards and upwards, we're going to be talking about uh, CODA, also known as the Circuit of the Americas, uh, where we had um, some some racing, some racing occurred there. And uh, then Mexico City, where we had uh, Checo Perez finish uh, on P3, the first Mexican driver to finish in a podium and lead a lap in Mexico uh, ever. So that was pretty cool. Also, there was the uh, the Rickening, the Rickocalypse. Uh, we're going we're gonna to touch on a lot of stuff. So um, let's jump right into Circuit of the Americas. So... Uh, Colberto, lead, lead us off. What what do we get into in Circuit of the Americas? Tell me about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. So getting into CODA, there's an important thing that happened earlier this year. I think just in the beginning of the month that this race is going to happen. Uh, as you may know, I am a, a, a huge fan of MotoGP, the, or as Nick and Boba like to call it, half-car racing. Uh, this half-car. half-car, man. Yeah. And they went to CODA a couple of weeks before F1 did. And the... The number one thing that every rider talked about was, holy crap, these guys in America don't know how to pave roads, which is true. Uh, but Coda was marred with a lot of just bumps and bad track um, everywhere. And they had Coda's in, Coda's in Texas, right? Coda Austin, is Texas. in Austin, Texas. Did, did they get lost and maybe wind up on the streets of North Carolina? Because I've been there, and that's the roads are pretty crappy well, out there. Well, the thing about Austin, that... Texas, is that uh, it, it tries to compete. Like, Texas tries to compete with uh, some great plain state for how flat they are. 
And they wanted oh. to make Coda more interesting with some elevation mm-hmm. changes. And it's really cool if you've ever been there. Just the mm. right up to the turn one and the way that the track undulates. It's one of my favorite tracks. Now, Colberto, you have been there, correct? Uh, I've been there twice, yeah. Oh. I was there for a MotoGP race. I was there for that MotoGP race this year. And I was there in 2019 for the uh, Formula Uno race. Oh, but um, he's seen the race in person. He's legit. Colbert's where we get our street cred. Cars am loud. He's a real fan. But yeah, uh, they they were bouncing around. It was like ride to Bunker Bronco uh, for the MotoGP boys, and they ultimatumed at the end of the race, saying, "We will not come back next year if you don't properly repave this track." So now F1's coming to town. And Dakota people who are, like, not full of money right now, because you may have remembered there was a pandemic and, you know, a lot of people didn't go there. Uh, Heard about that. Furiously tried to sand down all the bumps before F1 got there uh, because of all the safety concerns that they had had with GP. So going into this weekend, um, there's the concern already of track surface. Then we had qualifying going into the race. Uh, Traditionally... In the Turbo Hybrid era, Lewis, Sir Lewis Hamilton, Sir Champion of the Sir World, uh, <laughs> tends to win a lot of races. And Coda is one of them. He's like the king of Coda for Formula One. Uh, and it's typically a, a Mercedes track. It's a very high-speed track. There's a couple of really long straights on it. Um, it's shockingly, in qualifying, there was a bit of a, uh, a chink in their armor. Max Verstappen pulls out Q1 ahead of Lewis Hamilton just by about two tenths. Uh, No, actually, it was, yeah, by about two tenths. So the qualifying order going into this race is, at the end of Q3, rather, it's uh, Max, Lewis, Sergio, Valtteri. And then we got something really interesting going on. Uh, At this point in the season, Ferrari and McLaren are duking it out for P3 in the championship. It's it's fierce. Yeah. Ferrari, mm-hmm. Ferrari, McLaren, McLaren. Charles, Carlo, Danny, Lando. Just, that's a... Right now, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, and then you got Pierre Gasly and Yuki rounding out the top ten positions, but that's not really true. Because Esteban gets moved up to P10, uh, right? Oh, no, sorry. That is true. But Valtteri drops down like a meteor because uh, he takes hmm. another New engine. engine. Yeah, the, the, the sixth engine specifically. Yeah. It is engine time, ladies and gentlemen, dear viewers. It is it is engine o'clock in the F1 world, and we are going to be seeing a lot of engines. This so, uh, Boba, you said this is this is a sixth engine at this point, and we're not. Yeah. We're, we're still two races behind. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 kind of ridiculous because per the rules, uh, you you start the season with a maximum of three allowed engines prior to penalties being taken, and on your fourth uh, on your fourth engine taken, your fourth internal combustion engine taken, you, you incur a ten place grid penalty uh, after qualifying for the really? start of the race. You know, uh, then. Every subsequent engine after that is only a five-place grid penalty, which is a little bit wonky. But it's funny you mention that actually, because uh, I believe we had somebody that uh, that had a question about that. Hold on, questions. 
in the middle of the podcast. Are you a madman? Hey, Colberto, Mister. Uh, oh, hang on. Let's, let's hear from hey, our friend, uh, the train engineer Rob, who was uh, just uh, kind enough to call in and ask questions. He wants to know a little bit about power units. Let's see what he has to say. With YouTube videos, eventually gave in, got the F1 Pro subscription, so I'm able to watch all the races live now. Had a quick uh, rules question, so I'm because I'm new to the sport. Uh, Valtteri Bottas and Max Verstappen uh, using a fourth power unit. I know you're only allowed to use three. Does that imply a grid penalty for every race for the rest of the season? Um, keep up the good work, guys. Love listening to the podcast. Oh, actually, yeah. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate that. Um, good call on the uh, F1 Pro, which I, I don't think I've talked about on here. Whenever you hear us like reciting stats and stuff, like I know I am. I don't know about uh, I don't know about Colberto, but I've got the app on my phone. I've got uh, we watch the race recaps before the podcasts. Um, F1 TV is like I think it's pretty affordable. You, <laughs> you get a lot of bang for your buck if you're like really into the sport and you want to kind of keep up with stuff. Um, they got like news articles and stuff. Um, which I think I probably look like a madman at in my day job because I'll stand outside on my phone. And, like I was reading about Brazil, which we'll get to, but like someone who's like Max Verstappen's a loser, and I'm standing out there like you're a fucking moron, you're an idiot. How do you fucking write? You know. So I have reasonable reactions as a as a sports fan. But anyway, um, so uh, Boba, do you want to do you want to double tap that again for uh, for yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so. It's not a permanent grade, uh, grid place penalty. Uh, it's it's specific to the race where the power the power unit's taken, and depending upon what portion of the power unit's taken, there's a different penalty incurred. So, uh, like with the internal combustion engines, commonly referred to as ICE or ICEs, uh, the fourth is a ten place. Every subsequent one to that is a five place. Um, I know there's a different penalty system that you can have different number of components depending on depending upon what it is. Like you can take up to like a nine exhaust systems in a season. Mm. So yeah, different different components of the engine have different allocations for the car. Um, there's a good video I think uh, Chain Bear does about what this looks like over the course of a season uh, on YouTube, and one of the big ones. The one that's usually changed the most often, or the one that always gets up against the, the limit, though, is the internal combustion engine. But uh, I think at some point during the season, after a fourth engine change, it might have been Valtteri, I forget which, but they ended up taking a 10-place grid penalty, and it was because they not only changed the internal combustion engine, but they yep. also changed the electric motor inside the car, and that incurred yet another mm. five-place penalty drop. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now this has been a point of contention for this season as well because the, the as you as you just heard the, it's it's a ten place penalty for the fourth engine but then only five grid places for everyone thereafter so really it's it's kind of like strongly disincentivized to take a fourth but then like once you pop the cork it really just doesn't fucking matter you might oh, as well yeah. just slam new engines in that baby there, like who gives a there shit there is you know? a big problem there. And uh, it's been brought up during both of the accidents that took out engines for both Mercedes and Red Bull is, sure, they can eat the penalties and sometimes recover, as we'll see later on in the season, uh, pretty <laughs> yeah. well. Um, but it all costs money. And all of the teams right. are under a cost cap now, uh, which is the first time uh, ever that F1s have been put under a cost cap. 
So all mm-hmm. those engines cost Dash to put in the car to build and get set up. And uh, I think the Red Bull car, when Max got shunted into the wall at Silverstone, that was over a million dollars worth of damage done, which includes the engine that they had to change out. Um, same yeah. thing with Sergio when he got hit, and it turned out to crack the block, and they had to change the engine out there. So yeah. this is... Um, it's penalties hurt in terms of performance in the race because even if you are a great driver and have a great car you still got to punch your way oh, back yeah. up from potentially the back of the grid and yeah that's problematic but then on top of it um yeah you got the all that did lando have to take an engine after his big crash at, at spa i, I can't remember no if that popped the power i'm in. fairly certain that most uh most uh, most racers at this point, or almost every car on every team, has taken their fourth at well, least. We'll we'll get to that in Mexico yeah. City, but um, we'll come we'll come we'll circle back to the engine thing because that rears its head again. But uh, great question, uh, train engineer J Rob. Appreciate you calling in, man. Thank you very much. Um, so uh, Botas. Starts a uh, starts a little behind the pack because he took his uh, he took his new engine in Coda. Um, we've got the lineup from Quali. Uh, we get the lights out and away we go. And um, Hambone is fast off that line, boy, isn't he? Oh yeah, yes sir. He's uh he's got he's got the run on Red Bull. And again, we're just thinking this is at this point business as usual. Uh, he gets out in front. Right. He pushes. He's got open air. This is going to be a Lewis Hamilton classic. Yeah, but behind him we've got a really fascinating fight with uh, we've got Ricciardo and Signs coming up into each other's into each other's grills. I mean, uh, really exciting start. Um, you've got good battles with uh, with Ferrari, and McLaren, and again, I am like super impressed with Ferrari just coming out hot and uh, and really like getting up into the top end of this season. Um, and as we've said, that that constructor championship is super close between McLaren and Ferrari. Um, so really, really fierce battles. But then early on, lap ten, uh, because of the fact that they are racing in Pothole City, America, people are already coming in for new tires. Yeah, the uh, the mediums were the preferred start tire for people going through uh so just a, a quick rule recap especially if folk are fairly new um it's our third podcast or fourth one you well, the tire that you if you're in the top 10 the tire you qualified on in q2 is the tire you start the race with typically a medium tire and usually people who know they're fast will pick the best race tire during that session to try to belt out the time so they start on a preferred tire for their strategy it turns mm-hmm. out that at race distance, those mediums were deteriorating very quickly. Uh, so people oh, yeah. were switching over to a hard strategy right early. And also, yeah. uh, we only think it's going to be a Hamilton Classic. There's a little bit of uh, radio traffic early on in the race. Max starts making up time on Lewis. And when he's near him, Lewis gets on the radio and says, he's just... He's faster right now. He's faster than me right now. And they're trying to figure out things with their strategy because if the car behind you is faster, they kind of have choices to what to do, especially as close as uh, as Max had or was or was looking to gain on what was yeah. not an optimal tire for the situation. Yeah. Um, and Red Bull comes up 
and gets uh, gets not only an undercut with Verstappen, but an undercut with Perez. Checo yeah. gets in there as well, which is a so call that like, Hamilton, Hamilton uh, a call that Max made when he came in. He said, "Let's get Perez in here too to get uh, to force Lewis to react." Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure what Boba thinks about it, but um, it seems to me that like. Being in the lead kind of has its pitfalls as as well as its advantages, you know. Oh, certainly. People, yeah, I, you kind of get to set the pace. But what do you think, Boba? Like, do, do you think it's do you think it's better to be in the lead? Do you think it's better to maybe be a close second? Um, I I mean, you're always going to want P one right at the end of the day, uh, as long as you can maintain that lead. And it seems like over the course of the season, uh, especially it shows its head really well in Coda that uh, Red Bull has just been way more on top of strategy this season than uh, McLaren, or excuse me, Mercedes has. Just a couple of years. Yeah. If you roll back in time a little bit, Mercedes and McLaren did used to be the same thing for a while, so. <laughs> well, <laughs> McLaren's still using Mercedes power units, so they're not. Right. Well, they're back off, to using Mercedes power units. They well, were back Mr. to, yeah. Renault. But yeah, um, uh, I, I know. think you always want to be in first. You always want to be P1 uh, for a couple of reasons. First off, track position is king in Formula 1. So if yeah. you are in front of somebody, that means a lot. Secondly, passing people, especially in this era, uh, it ain't easy because you're in dirty air behind somebody. It's uh, You're not getting airflow over the car like you want, which means your arrow's not working as well, and importantly, you're not cooling down your car as well. So a lot mm-hmm. of times uh, you'll see cars uh, go on an attack where they'll get real close to the back of somebody for maybe two or three laps and try and pass them, and if they can't pull it off with DRS or otherwise they back off to maybe over a second behind them. And that's them just trying to get out of their dirty air that's being generated by their car punching a hole through it. So yeah. uh, ideally, you want to be in front. But the uh, the thing that they were having a trouble with was the Red Bulls, once they got up to temperature, were just flat out faster. Screaming. Absolutely oh, yeah. screaming. Um, so really, Coda, kind of the, the middle of it, I, I didn't find particularly exciting um kind of everything seemed to revolve around the the pit stops you know um so we've got the undercut yeah lap 10 for 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 stopping and then checo in the next lap or two yep and then they do a second really early pit stop they come in at lap 30 on hard tires yeah and, and each time they're kind of trading with, with Mercedes, you know, like they got the first undercut. Hamilton was in front. He comes in to cover down them. Verstappen takes the lead. Verstappen comes in for the second undercut, loses the position to Hamilton. But shortly thereafter, Hamilton comes in to try and cover down again. And they squeak out the, uh, they squeak out the, the lead again from Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried to push yeah, it though. Mercedes, yeah, they tried for an overcut on that. Uh, Mercedes tried for an overcut on that, going, I think, to like lap 37 or 38 before they actually came in. Well, the Merc yeah. is almost designed with its aero package to just be rocket quick in clear air. So they figure yeah. mm-hmm. now Hamilton's kind of unleashed. He doesn't have the pressure behind him. Maybe he can start putting in some flyers and we can stretch the tires because one of the things that Hamilton's typically really good at is keeping a lot of uh, of action in those tires going through. It's one of the, his like trademarks, right? But yeah, tire management. He's you know, it's becoming more and more apparent that it's going to be a much tighter race than they they were hoping it would be. Mm-hmm. 
I I think it's easier to manage your tires. I, shot in the dark for me. I think part of his tire management skill comes from the fact that Mercedes, as of all last season, their whole shtick was hit the quali, grab P1, P2. Botas is the behind Valtteri, kind of defending off the pack, scrapping. He's the really the one with the scram- scrapping with Verstappen all last year. Hamilton just has clean air, so he doesn't have to worry about, you know, burning his tires up to defend, emptying his battery, doing all that kind of stuff. He's just out there having his nice, leisurely Mercedes-Benz spaceship stroll at the front of the pack, building this, you know, like 45-second lead, which, yeah, it's easy to manage your tires when you have 45 seconds of free air behind, you know, in between you and the next dude, you know what I mean? But now that he, now that uh, Honda has come back with this monstrosity of a Honda engine. Yeah, the, the, the final gift to Red Bull. Yeah, the 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 you know honorable sacrifice seppuku moment of Honda. They fall on their sword and create this mythical, legendary creation that <laughs> just propels Max Verstappen into straight into plaid. Mm. And uh, it's I think it's really showing that. And don't get me wrong, Hamilton is still a phenomenal driver, but I think it's showing that, you know, it's maybe the total overarching fundamental strategy or play of Mercedes that's built around how that car works is maybe in need of a little bit of review. Yeah, because if the... It's always been a, a total package deal that's led them to the last seven championships, right? It's been the driver and the car and the team behind him. Yep. And it, it Lewis is still doing great, but it seems like they're one struggling with engines. Valtteri's once again at six internal combustion engines, and then just a a series of the just not necessarily poor decisions throughout the season, but like missed calls I, I from like uh, when to pit or uh, like. It's just strategy. It's weird because they've been put under pressure by Red Bull before and uh, even Ferrari in the past, and they've been able to manage their races so that their guys still head out in front and more often than not, they win. Uh, But maybe the tightness of the competition this year, the fact that Max has been doing really well um, Mm -hmm. and that they have a number two driver now that can be in the mix... Uh, he's more consistent, yeah. I think, than Gasly or Albon had been before him, which, you know, I don't, I don't even think those guys really had enough time to get good with the car. I think Albon cracked under the pressure of uh, the Red Bull pressure cooker. But, uh, yeah, now... It's, it's kind of a now, famously, like, harsh team, isn't it? Yeah, so the Red Bull Junior Academy is where, like, dreams go to get shattered. So it's... <laughs> it, uh, I, well, I guess Ferrari is more of that because there's so many people in the Ferrari Academy. It's like, will I ever get into a Ferrari? And they're like, eh, man. So it's. Uh, Please, is, that why Chris, is that why Christian Horner looks so young? Is it because he just sucks the dreams out of all the young drivers <laughs> so it, in the Red Bull Academy? It's, it's Dr. Helmut Mako that does all oh, this. Oh, God. Yeah, the, the, the actual, you know, uh, friggin'. Oh God, the guy from anyway, he he's just like the the evil dictator behind the scenes at Red Bull that runs their racing program. Uh, he's very Werner Herzog kind of character. 
And uh, yeah. he runs their junior, uh, like their farming thing. He found Max Verstappen to his credit, and has been trying to have lightning strike twice with that ever since. So mm. that's why you know he took Max from F three and threw him into Toro Rosso, and he just flourished as a really, at the time, kind of headstrong but seriously talented driver. So they've been grabbing right. Gasly, Albon, all these guys, and trying to recreate that success. And it just hasn't yeah. been working, which is kind of why this year mm. they went with an established driver in Checo to put him into the car and say, listen, Lewis has his Valtteri, who's just his steady second guy, who's able yeah. to really uh, help him out when he's racing. Mm-hmm. Why can't we get that too? And that's sort mm. of what Checo's been tasked with coming into the Red Bull organization. And right. whether or not he's been successful, there's some... T- times where he does great like this race i think he does an excellent job yeah, and there are some times that he still has a bit of faltering and i think it's also because the red bull is not the easiest car in the world to drive people that have gone from alpha towery to red bull complain that it's a much twitchier machine it's a much more knife edge car than even the alpha towery uh, is um and i've hmm. heard that the mercedes is a very planted car when uh, when it's brought around a track so the Mercedes, uh, and again, easier to drive is subjective, but it's uh, it's easier, I guess, to cope with hopping into a Mercedes for the first time than it is to hop into a Red Bull. I don't know what kind yeah. of uh, this could be fractions in you know how they handle. Uh, I've heard yeah. that each of those cars handles incredibly differently from each other once you get behind the wheel, even though they all look very yeah. similar. But uh, yeah, I think that that's probably been a factor, and maybe why even Checo, who's a steady hand is still having mm. some trouble getting, you know, reining the bull, as it were. Right. What do you, what do you think, Bubba? I mean, uh, it, it, to, to, it's a joke, but it's been, it's, it's, it, it's, it's kind of real. It's, it's, it, it, the closer we get to Mexico, the more powerful Checo Perez becomes. He's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he performed well in Turkey. He performed Decently in Sochi, if I remember right. Let me check. Uh, yeah, he's he's in the points in Sochi. He's in the points in uh, Turkey and in Coda. He's right up there. He's he's fantastic in Coda. Yeah, I mean, like jokes aside i mean there's got to mm-hmm. be a psychological effect of you know he knows going into this that he's going to be racing in his home country he's he's in a fast car the fastest car he's ever driven yeah i mean he's he's got to be getting excited he's got to be getting pumped you know yeah. and um one of the things that i was kind of thinking at the at the end of coda which i mean i I don't know about you guys, but I don't think there was after after Red Bull's second undercut. It was just kind of like kind of done and dusted. There was some like it wasn't interesting though. pit stop stuff that went on. <laughs> I mean, for for in terms of the lead, how about that? Uh, no, I I think that um, so Hamilton to his credit yeah. near the end there, uh, which we're, we're jumping ahead a little bit, <laughs> but he almost reeled in uh, Verstappen. And there's uh, an interesting mm-hmm. happening at the end of the race, though, that's uh, that's kind of notable. But before that, there's some trouble going on in the backfield. Uh, specifically, oh, yeah. uh, three cars end up retiring from this race. Uh, Pierre Gasly in the Alpha Tauri for a suspension failure on lap 14. 
Um, and then both Alpines of Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon, they end up failing at laps 40 and 49, respectively, uh, both uh-huh. for mechanical issues. And those mechanical issues appear to be caused by something that the drivers have been complaining about a bit on the radio the entire race, which is the crappiness of the track surface. It's still a bit yeah, of, a, of a wild ride out there, even in these cars. And they say that they've done a better job since the GP race of smoothing it out a little more. And these cars are much less susceptible to wild undulating changes than you know a motorcycle doing 200 miles an hour. But right, it's, yeah. it's still a big deal for these guys. And uh, the Alpines seem to be a bit fragile in that aspect. I think they were... Uh, Esteban, when he got brought in, they said it was the rear of the car had an issue, and they didn't really elaborate on it. I'm not sure after the race if they elaborated yeah. further. Sounds like suspension. I think, I think it was a suspension issue. Yep. Um, and I, and I remember Alonso. hearing. I just don't remember off the top of my head the, what they actually the, told him. Alonso's close. Alonso was. He said the rear yeah. wing broke apart, and that's why he had to come in. Yeah. Yeah, that's like. That's either got to be fragile construction or a really bumpy ride I think to, to take the rear wing into pieces. Probably you know? a little column A, a little column B. I mm-hmm. think so. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, we had so there were some DNFs that stacked up at the end. Um, actually, yeah, pretty surprising to see because you got to think, you know, nine laps apart, averaging maybe minute and a half each lap. That's Fifteen less than twenty minutes apart. You got both your your whole team DNFs, you know, for, for mechanical issues. Um, pretty pretty wild stuff. Um, Notable to say that Giovinazzi was getting his elbows out and trying to uh, prove to Alfa Romeo that he's a driver that they may want to retain going into the next season because his seat at this point had not been confirmed or <laughs> denied. I guess we'll say yet. Uh, yeah, Yuki Tsunoda having a pretty okay race uh, for Yuki, who man, I wish you were doing better, Yuki. <laughs> you know, you can't have everything in life, man. That's you know, what, what can I tell you? Um, so my handy dandy F one app. Let's, let's take a little oh, look. Here. And still, uh, Ferrari and uh, McLaren are having a right old fight. Uh, Carlos Sainz actually yeah. gets into a bit of a McLaren sandwich at one point oh, with yeah. both uh, Danny and Lando on either side of him. Ends up defending yeah, the was... position and staying in front, but eventually loses out his position to one Danny Rick, who is racing like he's got a purpose. Uh, the guy's got... Danny's always been a guy who's never been afraid to get his elbows out. This feels uh, very... I've, I haven't seen him get his elbows out more in recent memory than this race and the subsequent race in Mexico. He is... He wants... He has that win, and he wants to yep. repeat badly. But would, what, would you what is say... You said that, uh, would, that happened well, to Danny Rick? Just... Would, Colberto, would you say it was an intimidating performance? Oh, oh, oh you know what? I, I would oh. say that it was a bit intimidating... You may yeah. you may call him perhaps the intimidator. Would you yeah. would you in mm. fact say that Rubin is racing? Is that <laughs> I would I think Danny who has been at this point possessed by the spirit of 
the mightiest racer in mankind's history, uh, one Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> uh is, is is he's after it man oh, he's coming he's, for it dude it, he's it, coming for important it important to say that before this race one of the stipulations that he had in an agreement with zach brown in addition to a tattoo was if he got to win uh, a race he would be able to drive one of zach brown who has an extensive collection of cars uh interesting uh, one of zach brown's cars around the track specifically uh one of Dale Earnhardt's cars that Brown happens to own. Uh, Ricciardo turns out enormous fan of Dale Earnhardt. In fact, it's why he chose number three himself for his own car. Oh, okay. so before this race at Coda, he got to take a ride around the track in Zach Brown's Dale Earnhardt number three NASCAR. So he is nice. just full of the juice going into this race. A, Ends up knocking wheels with signs. Uh, and yeah. as oh, Boba pointed out, created some ex- incredibly fashionable clothing to mark the occasion. Oh, man. Yeah, he's got he's got a website up. You can go get yourself a Danny Rick number three Intimidator sweatshirt if you want one. It's, it's only incredibly cheap. <laughs> All right, look, here's the deal. Um, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I, I don't have any of Dale Earnhardt's cars or other property, but what I do <laughs> possess, what I do possess in abundance, is a podcast and untattooed flesh, Danny Ricciardo. I'm telling Listen, all right? I don't know where Colberto's milk is because he's falling down on the job over here, but this guy... <laughs> no, I'll get the milk. I Nick. Got the milk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we fucking go. Oh. Yep. Lando, mm, buddy, if you're listening, this is because of you. You're not on the podcast. Mm. This man is suffering. He's <laughs> suffering because he's doing it for here. you, man. Only yeah. you have the power to stop this, Lando. Is this I'm going to call you on a tweet this later. self-harm. I hope it's not. Is it, is, I want everyone to know that Colberto <laughs> mostly chose to do this of his own volition, mostly. Mm-mm. And if you think that we're not serious, there's the I can He's show, oh my home, God, man. that's whole milk, Colberto. Yes, oh, no. I, oh, no. Oh, no. Go big or go home, man. I don't, I don't know if I'm scared or impressed because you could have picked like 2% or skim, and no, he said, I am assed up. All I am right. doing just shy of uh, fucking heavy whipping get, cream. You don't get the oh, attention God. of someone like Lando Norris by doing 2% or skim milk. You oh, go man. You go big or go home, baby. You, you see, oh. oh, full send, here we go. Oh, yeah, my God. You guys can't see this because uh, we're obviously a podcast and not a Twitch stream. Um, <laughs> but we do. Uh, we are on video now with each other so that it makes it a little easier to talk. And God. I'm watching this man just house milk. He is... He is fully committed. Um, I, I, yep. Here we fucking go. Ooh boy. Wow. Let's uh, go ahead and start the timer. Um, yeah. Colberto's on a pit stop clock now. We're we're yeah, going to plan A plus did. seven. Yeah. All right. <laughs> plan A plus seven, Colberto. This is all plan right. So F um, plus hating myself tomorrow. <laughs> plan S, more like uh. <laughs> F for fart. S for mm. well, you figure it out. Um. <laughs> So we've got a, we got Danny Rick possessed by the one, the only, the legendary Dale Earnhardt, the Intimidator, intimidating, going out there bumping wheels with uh, with signs, oh, not even apologetic at the end. He's just like, yeah, well, it's a race, so get fucked, I guess. <laughs> it real, it, he, 
Man, he was he was he was possessed. It, like that is that is something straight from. He from, said, "Sorry, not yeah. sorry." This this was also um, the race where uh, I think Kimi Raikkonen showed off his rally skills near the end, where oh, the man. rear end yeah, snapped he, loose on him. He did a one eighty into the grass and then just snapped one eighty in the other direction again and drove away. Like he yeah, has no problem. Probably mumbled something in Finnish, or maybe I don't know. I, ima- I like to imagine the pit wall called and asked if he was okay, and he probably said something like, "Shut up! I know what I'm doing." <laughs> I love Kimi Räikkönen. I'm so sad that he's going to be gone. They said, "Do they still sell that hat from Alfa Romeo?" And I don't. Colerto, can no, you? I, so what, uh, what Nick's referring to is at one point uh, I got wrapped up in Kimi mania because some of my favorite drivers through the ages were like guys like Micah Hakkinen and Raikkonen. I'm going to look right now. So uh, they made a... Famously on the radio, he uh, he shouted, uh, leave me alone. I know what to do. And uh, they made a hat to sell to idiots who want to buy merchandise that had that well, Like me. And uh, I, am. I am one of those idiots and have had purchased the hat. So I don't have it with oh. me here right now or else I'd be wearing it. Other, otherwise, I found the the Kimi Raikkonen. I was having a shit T-shirt. Oh, he, he did <laughs> so, say that. Yep, he did. Yeah, that was at a. That. Uh, that was at a what a pre-race conference. This was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you feeling it there, Mister Krabs? Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Let's keep. Uh-oh. Let's keep going. We got a podcast to do, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh. This we'll is, do it live. <laughs> I don't. I'm going to find it and put it on the Twitter. I'll put it on the Twitter later. All right. Moving interesting, right along. Interesting stat right quick while we're on the subject of uh, elder statesmen in F1. I think it's uh, they said during the race at some point that in between uh, Raikkonen and Alonso, there's something like 82 years of experience, 84 years of experience on the Damn. track just between those two guys. Yeah. Well, Kimi is the F1 driver that has driven uh, the most miles, I think, ever in a Formula One car. Yep. Yeah, man, that's impressive So, coming to the end of this race. Yes. uh, Hamilton does end up hitting uh, later for an overcut, and uh, it almost works out. So, near the end, uh, Max is trying to retain some uh, tires because he has older tires than Hamilton does at that point. Uh, And Oh boy, oh boy, is Hamilton starting to chew the time up and get closer to Mr. Verstappening. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, <laughs> don't worry about it. Oh, no. Lights <laughs> out and away we go. So, once oh, again. <laughs> uh, near, it, if the race had gone on for a bit longer, or if... I think it was like two laps. Yeah, well, there was a... It, 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 <laughs> shut up, Nick. <laughs> so, I'm there, sorry. <laughs> so, there was a... Oh, I wanted to let you know that this application has a uh, a chat feature where Nick has typed, are you going to be okay? Don't make yourself <laughs> sick or anything. Nick, I don't... Listen, Lando's going to come on this podcast and save my life. It's going to be okay. It's, I, I'm tweeting him. I can't... I, I cannot wait to add him on Twitter when I'm done with this. Oh, it's gonna, I'm so fucking excited. This stupid idea that is now transformed into me doing this is... The you know the journey what, what was it uh, from No Country for Old Men? Anton Shakur looks at a guy and goes, "If the journey of your life took you to this moment, of what use was the journey?" <laughs> I'm just thinking about yeah. that one right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Danny Rick's going to come down here and you be like, oh, yeah, here's this dude I've never met before. You're like, why don't you get a dick on your stomach or something like that? And I'm going to be like, yes, Danny Rick. Well, I, I, here we go. <laughs> so to, to finally, aye, aye, to you finally are. wrap this race <laughs> off so we can get on to, to El Mexico. Uh, so Lewis is closing in on the that. Mitch. And yeah. right now um, there's a big question of DRS. And is Lewis going to be able to get close enough to Max to activate DRS, uh, the drag reduction system, and try to pass him on a straightaway? In front well, of them huh. are some back markers that they're being blue flagged so they can get past. I think this is the race that we learned that in order to get a blue flag, you need to be within 1.3 seconds of the back marker to, for them to get that was That was Mexico with Lando. That's right. Uh, however, in this yep. race... Last time, I may have mentioned that uh, for DRS, you need to be within a second of a driver uh, to get it. But uh, that driver doesn't have to be on the same lap as you. That driver could be a car that is on a previous lap. Or in Uh one case, maybe two laps behind. Or I guess it's one lap behind at that point. Dinky. Another fun fact. Mm-hmm. Lewis Hamilton, if he wins the World Drivers' Championship, will beat the record, match or beat, I forget which, of one match. Michael Schumacher. Uh, mm. Now we fast forward into the future of this race where Max is trying to keep Lewis more than a second behind him and comes up on, wouldn't you know it, Schumacher. Mick Schumacher. Who maybe wants to keep his dad's record alive? Uh, I don't know, man. I think this is, is tinfoil hat territory, folks. So I'm not, yeah. not oh, man, actually I don't, accusing I don't think so. The Mick Schumacher master plan. So maybe, oh, man. maybe Mick allows his car to get within a second of Max during a DRS detection zone, and maybe Max then passes him as a blue flag goes by. And then maybe on a straightaway, Max is able to, on the second to last lap, activate DRS where Lewis doesn't have it. So he gets a much better time of defending against Lewis, which is exactly what happens on the second to last lap of the yep. race. Uh, yeah. Oh, your legacy is safe with me, father. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary Mick Schumacher coming in clutch for Red Bull. He's he just wants that Red Bull seat. That's what he. He might just want an AlphaTauri seat for next uh, year. Was, I think he, just if wants, he wasn't locked in. He wants to be anywhere that some guy named Nikita is not. I don't know who that is. Mm, I think he no drove idea. for Rob Kubica once or twice in the season. I'm not yeah. sure, but um, there's only 20 drivers on the grid. So and yeah, yeah. That's uh, Rob Kubica's twentieth. Yeah, so, no, he's yeah. uh he's eighteenth, I think. Actually, um, is he really? I'll take a look here in a second. So, um, so, so that ends up wrapping this race up uh, with the final standings being Max Verstappen getting pole or getting pole getting P one, just beating out Lewis Hamilton at the end by one point three seconds. Uh, way behind yeah. those two is one Sergio Perez locking up the podium with a Red Bull. Um, behind mm-hmm. them is Chuck LeCluck in a Ferrari, uh, Mr. Danny Rick in the McLaren Mercedes, Valtteri uh, moving up from ninth to sixth place over the course of the race. Uh, we got Carlos Sainz Jr., who had been locked in that battle between uh, with Danny and Lando for a while, trailed mm-hmm. by Lando pretty close. Uh, then we yeah, get very Duke. close, like a second. Yep. And then uh, Yuki and Seb round out the top ten of point scoring positions. With Antonio yep. Giovinazzi uh, just missing out on uh, another chance to score, mm. 
Um, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, our Alonzo Ocon and uh, Pierre Gasly, also. Uh, all three DNFs. Um, so uh, this brings up a, a really interesting kind of thing that I was thinking of, which is um, the the team drivers uh, being uh, Valtteri for Mercedes and Checo for Red Bull are really probably going to decide the outcome of the Constructors' Championship, I think. Because you've got Hamilton, Verstappen reliably placing P1 and P2. Um, I, I don't think I've mentioned it on the podcast, but uh, Verstappen has either uh, yeah. one of my one of my buddies at, uh, at my day job who uh, listens to the podcast uh, pointed out to me, um, Verstappen has either made P1 or P2, or been in a wreck every single race this season. He is he is in a in a race that he was not in a wreck or didn't DNF. He has finished first or second place yeah, every true. time. I mean, and doubt him as a driver. You can't don't. Yeah, you, <laughs> you can't even say that for Hamilton. And uh, yeah, man. the the constructor championship is super close and. It seems to me, I can, I haven't gone through and combed through it, but um, Red Bull seems to be putting two cars on the podiums way more regularly than Mercedes is, and and that could really sink them. But also, Checo is kind of like he 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 sort of floats through the field. He's always in the points, but he's not reliably like in the same bracket of the yeah. points. He's you know not as I mean? good and of a tail gunner this season as Valtteri is, is really what it boils yeah. down to. No. Um, but hey guys, uh, so very basic boy, does he perform? Oh, yeah. And Valtteri's been uh, taking the all these engine hits, you know, being disadvantaged, having to start at the back. Um, Thank you very much. And even, unfortunately, I, I wish that I could say in the times that he's podiumed, he's or uh, that he's locked uh, P1 for for start um, in quali, he unfortunately hasn't capitalized on it uh, either either by happenstance or or by virtue of his own driving, um, which is you know disappointing. Um, so it, it's it's going to be real interesting to see where that goes. Um, you guys have anything else you want to say about uh, about Coda before we move into Mexico? Yeah, so this is really where. Um, Ferrari started to close the gap on McLaren. So in the Constructors' Championship, now they're about four points apart, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, with McLaren just in the lead on Ferrari while Ferrari's mm-hmm. having this like resurgence. So it's... Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's getting punchy out there. Yeah. It's getting getting down to the wire, and it's only going to get better as the season goes on because we're, we're really towards the end. Um, let's do... Since we talked about tires, let's take another question real quick. Uh, Our friend Bowser called in with a question about tires. Let's see what he has to say. Cool. Who wants to Who wants to jump on that one first? Yeah, sure. I'll I'll take this one. Um, So the difference between the tires is uh, the softness of the compounds. And by that, I mean, uh, usually a softer tire is a faster tire, uh, but it's also a less durable tire. So uh, medium being kind of a in-between of that and a hard tire being harder to heat up, harder to or not as fast or sticky 
as the other tires, but lasts a longer time. And this all boils down to strategy. So uh, every race you get a couple of tires, and uh, you actually get a set allocation these days of tires during, uh, you know, because of COVID and everything, you used to be able to kind of ask Pirelli to give you a number of each tire. But um, you get allocated a number every race, and that's all you have for practices, qualifying, and the race. So Mm -hmm. what you'd want to do, ideally, is position yourself in a way, and remember, you have to take uh, one of each tire compound over the course of a race uh, to use the two most optimal tire compounds during a race. And that might not just be, you know, you think, well, why don't you just take soft tires? Soft tires usually don't go the distance. They don't uh, last on a track a long time unless the track surface is weird, which has happened before, and they just last forever. But um, a lot of strategies, you'll see them go either from soft to medium or from hard to medium. Usually medium tires are involved in some way, shape, or form, as you kind of expect. There have been some races where you go from soft to hard. But yeah, the the biggest difference just simply is... uh, it's just that softer tires are quicker for a less uh, slow, l- much quicker, much uh, for less time, and then the hard tires, right. uh, the opposite. Yeah, they're they're they right. last a lot longer. Um, the other thing to note is that the so the tire compound when they say soft or hard or medium. It's not the same exact compound every race. Yep. What Pirelli's doing is they're saying, this is our softest compound of tire for this race. So um, the compounds that they offer at like Circuit Catalunya may be different from the compounds that are offered at Baku. And Baku was actually pretty interesting um, because we had uh, Baku had the softest compound soft tire that they use this entire season. Um, and they kind of wound up exploding a couple of times. Uh, Max Verstappen knows a little bit about that. It's one of the <laughs> best pictures in F1. It's a banner that says, Welcome to Azerbaijan. And it's uh, Max Verstappen kicking the tire of his crashed car. It's, it's pretty it's pretty meme-y. It's, it's right up there. Um, but uh, the other thing is that there's intermediate tires as well. And intermediates are kind of a weird in-between, so they're the rain tire. They actually, if you look at them, um, the hard, medium, and soft compounds are all slicks. The intermediates actually have tread on them. Those are the wet tires. Uh, normally in a race, what's that? Not not really. So there, there's, actually, there's actually two wet tires. There's the intermediates yep. and full wets. So intermediates, and for what it's worth, since we're talking basic stuff with tires, um, Nick touched on that Pirelli has a number of compounds that they use throughout the season. Uh, if you watch the live broadcast uh, in the beginning of the race, they'll let you know, like, oh, Pirelli today has brought their C2, C3, and C4. So Pirelli has five compounds that they'll use across the season. So it's not like each track gets a unique compound. They get three from this category. And they label it from C1 to C5, C1 being the hardest and C5 being the softest. And they pick uh, a... You know, either C1 to C3, 2 to 4, or 3 to 5 for any given race weekend. Um, they're labeled, hard, to, and you can always tell what tires the car has by looking at the color of the Pirelli uh, logos around the tire. Uh, softs are always red. 
Uh, and again, like a C3 could be a soft for one race and a medium for a different right. race, depending on what happens there. So they simplify it by just saying soft, medium, hard. And really, that's all you got to remember. But whatever is that tire for the race, the soft tire for the race is always red. The medium tire is always yellow and the hard tire is always white. Then you have uh, the rain tires that they use if they're wet conditions. Um, there's intermediate tires, which are for partially wet. So if it's, if it's rained on the track, there might be some standing water somewhere, uh, but it's not like a deluge out. They'll use those tires and they're treaded and they have a teal color to their tires. If it starts pouring out and it's really wet, but they're still racing, there are full wet tires and those are blue uh, as the logo around them. And yeah, these guys sometimes race in full wet while it's raining conditions and they still go fast in those tires, even though it becomes a bit ice capade sometimes. Uh, but you yeah. don't want full wets if there are dry parts of a track and you don't want intermediates if the track is fully, uh, fully involved with rain. Right. Good, uh, good clarification. Thank you for catching me on that there. Colberto. Uh, learning. It's what we're all here to do together. Um, so there you go. Quick rundown on tires. Uh, thank you yeah. for that question, Bowser. Appreciate that. Um, so Boba, anything to add on uh Coda before we hop on down South of the border? Um, uh, yeah, before, uh, before Alonzo, unfortunately exited the race, he, he got into a duel with both the, uh, both the alpha drivers. He did, took out some of, uh, Kimmy's barge boards and then oh, yeah, a little while right. later, uh, he got involved with, uh, with uh, Joe Venazzi trading back and forth positions on the uh, uh, just after the back straight, he too did. Uh, he he also was overcome by the spirit of the intimidator and got just a little. little I mean, this, the Spanish minister for defense is he's got to do what he's got to do. Yeah, you gotta, hey man, you got to get in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so good times. That was a not the most exciting race i don't think but it was still it was still a good time i still enjoyed it oh yeah absolutely. um so mexico city <laughs> the homecoming for checo perez this was this one was a banger so so bobo yeah. you have a, a theory on this don't you yeah the the closer perez gets to mexico the more powerful he becomes this is this is peak checo is this is this is uh, the ultimate Checo Perez. He is he is in fact peak Checo, and mm-hmm. you can tell this whole race. Um, so the quali was uh, was wild because it looked like a setup for like kind of once again like Coda looked like a setup for like more of the same like you know flashbacks to last season. We had uh, first row lockout uh, Botas and Hamilton, and uh, it was looking like you know really had was looking like they were really going to have um red bull under threat from the get-go again uh and then which was right quick really interesting was that all throughout the free practices one two and three red bull was way outperforming uh mercedes yeah and they expected in the weekend going into it they're like this is a red bull track so like they're gonna be yeah oh yeah that's that's another thing so mexico city is a higher altitude track and Mm -hmm. uh You'll hear people say sometimes, "Oh, this is a this track. This is a this track." The the Honda Motors, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, they tend to perform uh, better than their peers at higher altitudes, and so typically 
um, Mexico and Brazil, the higher altitude tracks, people tend to favor the uh, the Hondas, the Honda engines that are in the Red Bulls because of that little bit of performance edge. So it was kind of shocking to see, um, well, maybe not, uh, because as it turns out, Max Verstappen had been saying, I'd rather be P3 <laughs> than P2, I believe was what he said. Yeah, it, it was it, something along those lines. He, 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 he said, yeah, P3 is fine with me. Yeah. He, was, he's, he gets the slipstream on in his mind. Uh, what he thought was, I get the slipstream on the Mercedes, and I'm on the better side of the track to start the race. Mm-hmm. He gets he gets a good line out of out of thirds, so it's a good setup for him, and he knows how to use it. Um, yeah, however, uh, so there was this guy in a, in a different sport named Mike Tyson, and uh, he said everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, oh, yeah. and uh, that's kind of how this race started because everybody <laughs> takes off. There's some scrap, and people are neck to neck, and then all of a sudden uh, we have. The Rickens. <laughs> so, well, before, because before that, going into uh, turn one, uh, as they get off the line, both the Mercedes get a decent start. I think Botas gets a bit of a better start than Lewis, but Lewis is also defending against, uh, or no, rather the opposite, but they're defending against Max. And both of them mm-hmm. take the inside line uh, to defend. Max goes pretty, to the pretty outside. Good way, or- yeah, yeah, they, they got him cut off pretty good. They shut the door really well. But they, he- they tightened up, didn't get in each other's way. He jumps to the outside of the track, and it becomes a drag race to the first corner and a game of chicken as to who's going to break first. Both Mercedes end up breaking, and Max breaks just after, but carries more speed into it, and he just chucks that car through the corner, and in one swift motion, goes from third on the grid to first on the grid after a three-wide drag race. It, it was... Uh, it was impressive, and it was just a a statement of like, I am more confident in this car on this track than you are, and I am going to show it. With a, it's just oh man, it was super yes. cool to watch. I blinked and I was like, holy crap! I he was he started three right. It was yep. It's and it was quick too. I mean, it happened at the drop of a hat, and it was it was easy to miss because it mm. was that same corner is where the incident happened. I believed. Yes. Oh man. Uh, so Valtteri is, is trying to close that corner out, comes around the apex and, uh, just flat out does not see. I think that, uh, Danny Ricciardo has completely locked up his front right tire and he skids his front wing directly into Bodas's right rear and just just fucking spins him right round like a record baby. I, um, I haven't seen such an expertly done pit maneuver since watching cops. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> hey man, the dude has a future in American law enforcement if he likes, you know, taking cars out like that cuz that was I mean, I'd say he's got a He's so, probably got a future in NASCAR at this point. Yeah, there you go, man. See? Oh, Danny Rick coming to America. So let me see if I can get this right. So Danny Rick locks it up, bumps and spins Valtteri. Puts Valtteri, uh, literally uh, spins him, I think, 720. It's either 180 or 720 because he's facing the wrong way I think when he, he stops. He spun moving. Valtteri at just 180 degrees. I think it was just a straight pin. Yeah, 180. Just straight 180. Yeah, so Valtteri is uh, staring at oncoming traffic now, which must be an absolutely fantastic like, butt-puckering experience. 
stop dead middle of the track. Yeah, and, and, and yes, just the worst possible pace place to be facing the wrong way on an F1 track. Coming out of a turn, no less, when people are trying to get on the gas. There's smoke from the locked-up tires, visibility's reduced. Um, Another thing to note right quick is that track conditions are terrible. There's just a massive amount of dirt and dust, of dust on the track all through uh, the free practices and, that, and, and that's quality. Baseline, yeah, that's that's baseline. It's just kind of shit visibility. Like the track, like on the broadcast, they were saying the track hadn't been used for uh, the motorsport since the, the start of the pandemic, and wow. it's just been used as a parking lot. It was just first responder parking lot, uh, and up until they started setting up for the race. It, yeah, it was so, also uh, mm. not to be outdone. Uh, there's another incident that happens at the same time in that turn where uh, Esteban Ocon uh, is in an Alpine getting sandwiched on either side by Mick Schumacher and Yuki Tsunoda. And during this process, puts his car in a position where both Schumacher and Tsunoda, one after the other, bounce their rear tires off of his front left and right tire and shoot their cars into the air. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So he and, gets, and both he of their sandwiched. races. Yep, in DNFs both of them. He gets <laughs> he gets sandwiched in between two different teams and collects two cars, launches them. I don't know how he didn't collect like puncture, body damage. Like I, I have no clue. They just they rode that tire into space. That's what happened. They just shot up into the air. Yes, and I mean no. Sonoda got some serious air because like oh you, man. The first look when you're watching it, like uh, from the TV feed, is you just kind of have like the bird's eye view, and it it looks like. And Sonoda actually thought that someone struck him mm-hmm. from behind and launched him. That's how violent the impact was. As it turns out, no, he just ran over someone's tire and catapulted himself like ten feet into the air. So unsurprisingly, after uh, a reenactment of Death Race 2000, uh, the safety car was deployed. Which allowed, <laughs> which allowed a couple of people to come in and recover from what had happened. I think uh, Botas ends up pitting for new tires. Uh, Rick gets a new wing out of the proceedings. Did yeah, both uh, yeah, Botas did come in for new tires. I think his huh. I think his were pretty choked from from being spun. Oh, they were like probably that. flat spotted from just spinning um, around like that. Yeah, that, yeah, and he just immediately went to hards as well, just to. You know, just a longer-lasting tire. Can we talk about how Alonzo, like, (laughs) coming around the corner, the smoke clears. He's maybe 20 feet from the front of Valtteri Bottas' F1 car, and he just manages to just pure lizard brain instinct duck around (laughs) this guy like he's a Jedi, like a wizard. I mean, it was just... Insane. I I would not want to be in that car. Like I, Valtteri, I man, my heart goes out to that dude because he was just he was just passenger. He was like, well, I, time to see if somebody head ons me. I guess I yeah, fuck. Well, I don't know. Like, uh, and then for him to just like whip that thing around. I mean, he just J turned that thing right back into the action and got after it. Like, I don't know. I don't know where he puts his balls when he's in there, but they must have an extra compartment or something, I guess. Importantly, also, n- all of these were racing incidents. None of these were judged a penalty uh, going through this lap. 
Yeah, and I think that's the right call. Um, it was it was no malice on Danny's part. He just no. came into the corner hot, locked the front right up. Um, as I recall, it was it was pretty hot on the track as well. Hot, dusty. Uh, the track conditions were not great. For, yeah, for that inside line because there's through the free practices and the quality, they had they had they had developed the racing line enough to where there was minimal amounts of dust on the racing line. And it, the second you got off it, though, you could watch them kick up just. Massive amounts of dust. Yeah, I think yeah. we saw that, where people tried to make overtaking maneuvers and they just dropped out of the line. It was just like, nope, and they just trumped right back into it. Like, this is yeah. a little hairy out here. Well, that and uh, that and right there at that at that incident, you know, people are veering into the grass, doing all kinds of stuff. You can see just plumes of, of dust going up everywhere. Yeah, and, uh, and because of that, um, typically when it comes to rules and stuff throughout the race, uh, they relax them a bit for lap one, specifically because they know everyone just constantined up at the start of the race. Yeah. it's. I think, really and honestly, they've... That's a good system for them to follow. Okay. Um, I mean, you... You generally get at least one incident out of the lap one, turn one. Uh, it's even if it's like even if it's not uh, someone like going off track and 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 being uh, wrecked out of the race. You'll get track limits. You'll get some sort of violation. Like we saw in yeah. Dota, uh, uh, Hamilton pushes Max straight off the track and racing incident. Yep. Fine. So yeah, it's I mean, yeah. yeah. That's- if you're defending the position and these guys are battling yeah. for the championships, yeah. there's gonna you're, be some. You're taking, yeah, you're mm-hmm. taking four cars, you know, abreast into a into a turn. You know, somebody's going off the track. Like that's just how it is. The, the, but, the meme is in uh, Monaco. No heroics into San Devot, which is the first turn on that track. Yeah, well, it's Monaco is a parade these days because I don't I don't think you could put two F one cars, modern ones, beside each other in in Monaco Not in anywhere on that track. track. No. There's it's just one chicane mm-hmm. complex is the only place that I see people pass. Yeah. It's there's really not a lot going on in that. Um but uh so we have the rickening. Um but the race does two restart DNFs right off the bat. The race does restart. Um Actual actual safety car really not out there for for that long. The safety car, I think it was. I don't even know if it was a whole lap. Really, uh, yeah, it was lap or maybe two laps. Lap five is when they restarted it. So okay, yeah, so a few laps, but the you know stewards did a really good job getting all the debris off the track. I don't think there was a huge amount. Um, also, I think uh, Danny's front wing stayed mostly attached to the car. Yeah, yeah so he, he made it around. Yeah, he just yeah. went into the pits and they just swapped it out real quick. Um, same for. Was it Checo? I think Checo caught somebody's tire on the side of his wing. Was, somebody else caught some wing damage and and had to go in, I want to say. Maybe it was one of the Ferraris. If it was a Ferrari, I know Sainz, when uh, Danny Rick took out a part of Sainz's wing in, in Coda. Yeah. It was, I, but, I just, maybe, it was, maybe it was one of the... Oh, no. I bet it was... Uh, I bet it was Ocon from his from his contact with uh, uh, Sonoda and Schumacher. Because I, I I just remember seeing you know like uh, watching the pit stops is really interesting because I remember seeing you know Danny pulls in, McLaren gets in there, they're yanking that wing off, they're you know they're they're jobbing on it, they get it get it off, get the new one on, he's peeled back out. 
and somebody else was in there, and I remember just watching the mechanics. Like, you, you know, you're in a race, right? Like, there's, time is a factor here, just so you're aware. Like, they were just kind What's of that? sandbagging that thing, dude. It, they were not getting it done. And I mean, like, I guess you're under a safety car, but still, you know, you, you time lost, money lost, man. Come on, dude. Like, Williams. Here. It was a Williams wing. Oh, it was a Williams wing. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, there you go. So on the restart, so, um, uh, Hamilton or Hamilton, uh, Max takes the lead uh, or retains the lead, and he's able to keep mm-hmm. pushing. And it becomes apparent pretty quickly that Max has got the pace and oh, just yeah. start putting in lap after lap after lap and distance. There is daylight between him and everybody else on the track, not just Lewis, but. He's dumping his teammate. He's dumping everybody behind him. So he's just screaming. Shortly after the restart, it's like, okay, Verstappen's gone. What's going to happen for P2 now? I think Mercedes, after a certain point, was very clearly like defend P2 to Hamilton. They, 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 They knew P1 was gone for the most part, and they were like, just make sure Checo doesn't close on you. Yeah, by by lap twenty one, he had a seven second gap, and this is a seventy one lap race that got restarted on five. So he is booking around the Mexican Grand Prix, which, by the way, is no longer the Mexican Grand Prix. It's the Mexico City Grand Prix. Mm, yeah, just um, the only reason I know that is because the tele the announcers would not stop saying it, it is. over the weekend. <laughs> yes, no, they they would not. Now, an- another thing to to keep in mind, though, that we kind of jumped over was um, even though he's DNF now, Yuki Sonoda. Um, so Yuki, uh, Lando, um, and Stroll, because of a crash, uh, all started at the back of the pack due to uh, either crashes or engines. Mm. Mexico mm. City we had. I'm looking through the report. I, I believe there were three. There was a uh, stroll because of a crash. Yep. And I want to say three other drivers took a uh, new internal combustion engine and yep. started at the back for uh, for this race. So this is. I, I do believe it was uh, the stealth driver, otherwise known as Mr. Saturday. Oh, Latifi? Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> The meme. It's the meme. Like, oh, it's the fucking meme. He can't be remembered. <laughs> yeah, well, George Russell takes I'm an just, end. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. I'm just sorry. That's all. I don't. You're not a bad guy. I like you as a driver. I'm excited to see you in Mercedes. Please don't hit. Please don't hate me. <laughs> please don't hit um, me. He will never come. Don't, on the please podcast. don't hit me either. Please don't hate me or hit me. I would not like <laughs> either of those things. Um, but yeah, this is this is the part of the season where people's internal combustion engines are just. Starting to eat shit and die. So I mean, especially if you're driving, you have a Mercedes power plant. Evidently, like, what's going oh, on with man. that? I don't know. I mean, Red Bulls had to take a number of engines too with the Hondas, uh, and I think other teams mm-hmm. have been hit by it because, well, really, most of the people in the grid are using Mercedes these days. Has Ferrari been no. hit by these penalties? I'm not sure if they've been hit nearly as hard, which is weird. I don't think they have. Oh, I mean, I I don't think they have just purely because. They had to figure out how, how an engine works after last year, right? Well, it was, yeah. yeah, the the two years ago, we totally Oops. super didn't cheat, but we're also not going to release the results of our findings where we cheated. 
engine yeah. issue that they had, and then all of a sudden, hey guys, I investigated got... myself. I didn't cheat. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it's just, but all, hey, we didn't cheat. Like nothing's wrong. But also, we may have taken a part off the car uh, for no reason. Don't worry about it. You're not gonna. Don't ask. Um, somehow we just got a lot slower though. Uh, but it's okay. Yeah, uh, crazy. It's weird. Yeah, oh, this must have been, you know, it's Jupiter's out of the house of Aragon or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> yeah. it's, some, it's some lunar flares, man. Yeah. The lunar flares got... Yeah. Uh, I, I yeah, thought they were you. going to be hurting for a, longer than they have been because they have put together a package now that is, uh, at least when it's on the factory cars, seems to perform real nicely nowadays. Yeah, yeah Haas, I imagine Haas would like a word with Ferrari. Well, so would Alfa Romeo at this point. Probably. Yeah. Uh oh. Um. So it, it's. I think what's going on there, and this is just my take on it, is when I look at the Mercedes power unit, I see all of the people who were supplied with Mercedes power units seem to be having these late season power unit issues and power unit swaps. Um, understandable for Mercedes because they're pushing for the championship. They're in a tight race. So I think that they will be more eager to take a five place penalty, especially when there's you know three as of the time of recording. Uh, you know we're a little behind. There's three races right now left in the season. Um, if it were me, I'd say, all right, look, you know I know I've got a fast car. I know I've got fast drivers. I can take a P1 quality, turn it into a P6, get it up into first if I have a brand new internal combustion engine that I can just, like, over... I don't know how much tweaking they can do to the combustion engine, but basically, like, really if can. I can set this thing to they, just they can make- explode, like, get all the power out of it that I can and not worry about longevity, you know what I mean? Whereas Ferrari is more in a position of, you know, we're having a good race, we're we're doing well status quo we don't necessarily need to burn the engine up you know what i mean it, it it's interesting because it, it's oh man I, i've lost the train of thought now dang it uh-oh oh no now. zoom now oh, <laughs> it's gone, gone. Yeah. it was taken out by danny rick who uh, the, 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 who in mexico got in yeah Further possessed by the spirit of the Intimidator, attempted oh. to kill Lance Stroll at one point. Yeah. Just, just for good measure, I guess maybe he got turned around and thought it was a destruction derby. But man, he was just he was, and and then settled into a long haul. Uh, I'm going to make Valtteri Bottas hate himself for the remainder of this course mm. because I spun him inadvertently, inadvertently. Uh, but now I'm going to make sure he stays in. 12th place forever for, for the rest of eternity and I, I will die on the hill hill 11 is where I will perish yeah. and man that was some shit wasn't it <laughs> well there, there was you said go on Lando get that one point there was also the um, when Mercedes strategy quickly became Verstappen is in a, a you know he's in warp 9 right now we just need to cover off Perez and really secure this P2 and Perez in his home Grand Prix is now under this supposedly tremendous pressure to perform. He and Lewis start having, it doesn't get super close between them throughout this race, 
But Perra starts chewing up the time at one point. And all of the radio communication yes. from Perra, the pit wall to Perez, that man sounds like he is enjoying every second of being in that race. And importantly, at one point during the race, Max comes in for tires and Lewis comes in for tires. Perez ends up inheriting the lead for a bit before he ends up having the pit. But that lead is historic because he becomes the first Mexican driver to lead a lap in his home Grand Prix. It's only is, one lap, but it's the lap. Hey, man, dub's a dub, man. I'll, I'll mm. I'd take it where I can get it. And I, I think that's one of the... That's probably going to be a moment in F1 that I remember for a long time, is, is getting to see Checo, you know, pulling the podium on his home, uh, home race, home Grand Prix... Pulling, pulling a lap lead for his home Grand Prix. And, I mean, that dude was just, like, thrilled. And you could tell. And it was really funny because a lot of times Hamilton sounded like he was uh, driving around the racetrack with a great white shark attached to his ass. Because <laughs> that's basically what it was. I mean, Checo was out for it. But he was so it resulted in some really good racing. Ridiculously relaxed, though. They So he goes to him. Uh, his race engineer is getting... He's getting real excited uh, talking pumped. To him about getting it. Getting pumped. Yeah. Yo. And he's like, listen, tires are good. Arrow's good. All these things are good. This is good. And he's like, engine is good? Just, <laughs> yeah. just like a little Quiet. bit of humor, which Nick. Engineer is like, more pow, baby. <laughs> more pow, Which baby. Nick pointed more out pow, also uh, are the, uh, the people's champion, uh, Sebastian Vettel, yes. made the yes. same joke. Earlier in that race, <laughs> to his own race so, engineer, so funny. There's also an excellent meme out there from uh, from Checo's lead lap in the Grand Prix, where it's uh, it's like, imagine this: you're you're Checo Perez, and you've got first place in your home country's Grand Prix, and uh, it's also uh, or Red Bull comes over the radio and they say for you to give your position up to Verstappen, and the answer was a uh, no hablo inglés. <laughs> I was like. Because that seems like, like I don't know Checo Perez, but that seems like the kind of humor he would bust out in the moment, well, you know? There was there was real worry coming into this weekend if the Red Bulls would do oh, good yeah. at altitude there that if Checo and Max got a good start and Checo ended up in front and they needed to pull like a multi-21 level team order on them to try to move Max ahead in the championship, uh, and mm-hmm. they said like, you know, you know, Alonso is faster, confirm you understand? You know, one of those yeah. things. Uh, would mm-hmm. Checo move aside? And I don't think he would, and I wouldn't blame the man. I think burn your bridges at Red Bull there by getting a home win in your like. I, yeah, that's that seems like a great way to go down. I think he would have uh, told them to suck eggs, and I think that they had to know in the team that that was going to be a point of contention. Yeah. Well, and, uh, I and we never had to live. If that. I was Christian, we didn't. We didn't. And if I was Christian Horner, um, you know, I'm looking at Max. Um, he's got a comfortable lead in the drivers' championship. Not super if, comfy. Uh, I would debate that. Uh, we can we can do that here in a minute. Um, it, from a strategy perspective, that race you've got uh, definitely Hamilton P three at that point. If Checo's in the lead, you know you're looking at as as fast as Verstappen was. You're looking at Verstappen P two close in behind Checo followed at some point by Hamilton. And so you're still keeping um, 
your main driver in the lead in his championship. You're pulling in double points for your constructor, P1, P2 points, and you're giving somebody on your team something that is literally a once in a lifetime, once in a lifetime's achievement. And I I think if I was a team lead and I saw that set up, I would be an absolute fool to try and take that away from somebody. I that, yeah, no, it, it, if if Perez had managed to pull that win, that would have been huge for Red Bull. Yeah. Like, oh sure. It, it, I I I think it might have outweighed any points advantage Max might have gained. I don't think so. On a think, on a P one versus a P two to lose a on cool a P two. Max being world yeah. champion is still the thing that is their primary concern because then they get to say that they started the tur- well, they entered the turbo hybrid era as world champions uh and then they are uh well right before it started rather and they are going to end it off by showing that they got there and they are i mean i think it's kind of not in doubt that for a little while now while mercedes retains the edge in a couple of areas they finally built a package that is competitive with uh with mercedes Interestingly enough, in a year where development has kind of been stymied, but uh, yeah. but still, like they're they're at the front of the, the sharp pointy end, and we can talk about how how much of an advantage that is. And uh, more recent races may have thrown that into a bit of question. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I will say this: I I think that as long as we're talking hypotheticals, I think Red Bull could have put all those eggs in one basket um, in terms of you know checking all those different boxes. Because at this point, um, and I won't say that we're spoiling Brazil because we haven't talked about it and the race has already happened, but as of time of recording, um, Hamilton is going to have to win every single GP from now to the end of the season. He's going to have to place P1. and Assuming that Max Max... places P2 in every one of those. That's assuming he places P2. Yes. Um, But if... Or, or Max will have to DNF in a race. So if Max DNFs, he's he's done. I mean, that's that's his third most likely option, as as you previously stated. Yeah, but yeah. Well, and also, um, we'll touch. We'll really get into it when we talk about Brazil. But those two get close to each other, and wrecks happen. They, they um, are the gloves are off as soon as oh, they go side yes. by side. Nobody's given oh, an yes. inch, and they believe they are on ghost nope. mode in a racing game, and they can just drive through each other. Physics has what? ceased to exist when when those two are in, in proximity. But um, was it a uh, was it after was it after Mexico that Toto Wolf was quoted as saying that this might just end in a wreck? Uh, something like that. I, one of these races yeah. where Toto's like, I wouldn't be surprised if this championship ended with a crash. Which is yeah, reminiscent right. of there have been times. Uh, one who is arguably the greatest of all time, Auton Senna, ended his uh, I think maybe his first championship hunt run by crashing into his opponent on turn one of the last race, ensuring that he could not finish the race and securing him the championship. So, wouldn't be the first time it happened. And I guess like I don't know if this is how it's going to go, and I'm not going to. You know, I do like Lewis Hamilton, unlike a lot of people apparently, but it would be poetic if he got the championship by crashing into Max at the last race because like <laughs> Senna's his hero, so he did yeah. the thing that Senna mm. did. 
he's he's got to get the points lead first, and right now he doesn't mm-hmm. have it. That's true. Uh, that's a that's a next time thing. Um, so we've 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 wrapped up Mexico City, I believe. Uh, not um, well. There's not, still not some quite. stuff going on. We've, oh, we still we haven't talked about the 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 fucking last gasp for for Checo in the last few last few yeah, rounds. Yeah, the last race. lap, the last lap push, full out battery drained, just sending it. Take take us in, Boba. This fucking yeah it. They cross the line on lap seventy, going into lap seventy-one. Checo's race engineer comes over the, the over the line and says, "Push, push, push! Drain the battery. Go for it." We we get through both dr. We get through the first DRS zone. It, it, he's within a second already, and he's pushing. We get to the second. Or is there three DRS zones on uh, Mexico? I think there's two. Is there two or is it three? He gets to the last DRS zone, and. He's within, I think, by the time they exit the DRS zone, he's within four-tenths of uh, Lewis. And he goes for the lunge, and it, it just doesn't happen. I think Lewis saw it coming, and he had his own battery saved up. Yeah, and I, as, I, I, I absolutely think so, yeah. As, as soon as he saw Checo pressing in the mirrors, I think he pressed the magic button. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, for those of you who don't know, it's it's... When they empty that battery, it is a substantial amount of power. I mean, it's like over a hundred horsepower. They're dumping the, from that motor into, or from the battery into the motor. It's it is a kick in the ass. And, I think the uh, quoted figure is generally 185 additional horsepower, which is it's insane. So to, that is an ins- to, for the press of a button. It's not a button press. So to elaborate on that a little bit, it used to be. It used to be a system called oh, okay. PERS, Kinetic Energy Recovery System in the cars, which was a push-to-pass button. So they didn't have uh, mm-hmm. DRS at the time. You just hit the KERS button, and you got a boost of power. And then you had to recharge right. that power over the course of the lap using uh, energy generated from braking and just kinetics in the engine. Uh, nowadays, DRS is the push-to-pass. That's the button you get when you get close to a person. The battery is something you have all the time, and how quickly your battery drains is determined by the engine mode you're on. So every driver has a dial on their steering wheel that determines what engine mode they're in, whether they're in a high-speed mode or low-speed mode. And it's all You manage it over the course of a race uh, because you want to not stress the engine too much, so you keep reliability in it. You're not overheating it. But at certain points, when your battery's charged, because as you're racing, uh, nowadays they have two systems called the MGU system uh, motor generator unit. There's an MGU-K, which is like KERS in how it works because it generates uh, energy off of, you know, braking and things like that. Like you find it in a modern hybrid. Well, Uh there's the MGU-H, which is a heat exchanger. And that one takes ambient heat off of the car and turns it into energy. That one's a much more complex system, and they're dropping it later. But when that energy gets transferred to the battery, and then you can drain that battery depending on your engine mode. So when they push, they'll just dial the engine up for that push, and it drains faster than it recharges. Um, But then after you do that for a while, you need to recharge it, so you drop the engine back into a lower mode, and you get significantly slower for that period of time. Um, Fun little fact if you're watching a race, the back of the cars have a little red light, and it looks like a brake light. And when that light is flashing, people think, oh, that must be when they're hitting the brakes going into a corner because it happens a lot when they're slowing down into a corner. That light has nothing to do with braking uh, directly. That light means that the battery's charging. 
So uh, F1 cars have no brake lights. Uh, they The reaction times for brakes are so short and happen so quickly that a, by the time you registered in your brain that a brake light went off on a car, you'd already be inside of the car. So they don't need them. Uh, <laughs> but it is there to let people know that the car is uh, charging its battery. I think that's for safety as well as just notification to other drivers that they might be slower yeah. because they're... Uh, it's like a warning to say... This guy's not going as fast as you think he might be because the battery's recharging. Right. And they dance that right. the entire race, going back and forth. Yep, the you'll, you'll see it constantly blinking on and off. Um, it's I think it looks really cool when they're uh, when they're in a little little more damp conditions and you've kind of got the blinks going down the track. It's I think it's pretty cool looking. Um, so yeah, Checo just he he tries his push, tries the lunge, he's, and he had a great angle. I think. Oh man! Uh, if if he had been just a little closer. Or maybe if Hamilton hadn't had the juice, I, I think he could have stuck it. I, I think he could have stuck it and pulled out P2 right at the end. Um, unfortunately, he couldn't, so he took P3, which is still awesome for him. Um, Mercedes did a very cheeky thing. Put some, uh, put some fucking sauce on Valtteri Bottas' car. Um, almost Monaco'd him. Um, had a lot so- of trouble... Getting those getting those wheels off in the pit stop. I mean, uh, there's like fire coming out of the brakes, and it was oh man. It However, was... when he went out to try to get that fastest lap, he had a mm-hmm. bit of a problem. Uh oh. Was I think what was the problem? I think name? Boba would like to tell us what the problem may have been. Oh man. Oh geez. Oh, what do you know, Valtteri? On these fresh softs, he comes out here. He's ready to go. He's going to get this fastest lap. He might not be in the points. But that's an extra point for that Max Verstappen does not get, right? Mercedes' strategy here is take as many points as you can from Max Verstappen, keep the lead as close as you can. But who does who does who does Valtteri come out in front of? But Max Verstappen himself. Oh, that's oh, pretty man. Who, who, by oh, the way, no. has such a commanding lead at this point? He's on the radio <laughs> asking about Checo's race more often than he's asking about his own. <laughs> he is. <laughs> He is micromanaging the shit out of that. My favorite part was where he calls back to the race engineer. He's like, yeah, hey, can you um just take a look at my front left tire compared to other cars? Like, in other words, can you stop paying attention to me for like four or five minutes to make comparative analysis of other people's tires? And then just, you know, when you get a chance... Pipe that back. Let me let me know what the deal is. I'll be up here. Thanks. So, Appreciate it. So he comes out a lap behind Verstappen. Behind Verstappen. Yeah. Ouch. It, he comes out just in front of Verstappen, and then it gets blue flag. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. So Oof. It, Oof. immediately, his his fastest lap is ruined. No, no, no. So it wasn't even that. Mercedes. It's when Verstappen got blue flag past him. Verstappen may have let his foot off the accelerator a little bit. So yeah. that Valtteri <laughs> may have been a little slower behind him than he wanted to be. Oh, dreadful. That's so terrible. Which I, um. it, it's, it was like on the edge of something you... you it was it was cheeky, is how I'll put it. Cheeky. It was, it was um, yes. very cheeky. However... It wasn't cheaty, but it was cheeky. This was not the end of the race, though. And they are able to re-pit Valtteri at the end of that lap aborting it and just putting yet another set of softs on it waiting a minute so that he gets better track position and then sending him out where Valtteri subsequently smashes the lap record in the race uh, at, up yep. to that point and does end yep. up taking the fastest lap point out of Max's on, hands. Uh, 
the, yep. the very last lap he does this. It's lap 71 of 71, yep. and he takes the fastest lap. In fact, uh, uh, Max has crossed the line already, and they report that uh, I think Checo has the fastest lap to Max. It's like, we uh, got it. We got no, the Max point. Max had the fastest lap. Yeah, yeah Max, Okay, yeah, they so report. He had P1 and the extra well, point. When he crossed the start what finish it was, line, they got on the radio and said, yeah. you did it. You led the race, you have the championship lead, and you have the fastest lap. And then they had to call yeah. him back like 30 seconds later to be like, so we lied about the last part. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he gave two shits no. at that particular moment. Mm-hmm. He, he did not even dignify it with a response. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, I think, cried in his car. He sounded... Extremely oh, upset. Man. He had a he had a moment after the race that ended the podium. Yeah, yeah, I would be too. Uh, man, having to fight off Checo, you could hear the crowds cheering for Checo every time he came around. You on, could, uh, like over the over the broadcast and over the sound of the cars. I was about to say, I I am told uh, by that same friend that told me about uh, Max, either P one P two or. Um, or a crash that he took a look at the driver view and you could hear in his car the crowd yep. over his car yep. which is yep. insane and super friggin awesome so also super. Mexico City one of the coolest podiums I've ever seen where they just go into the center stadium portion of the track onto like mm-hmm. this big thing of like Quetzalcoatl and stuff and just park the cars right there in front of the stands that everybody's in to get out and stand on their cars and be like observe me for I am the winner it was it was pretty neat cool and of course you know everyone's losing their minds because uh as Nick said earlier not only was Checo the first uh Mexican to lead his home Grand Prix but also the first Mexican to podium in this home Grand Prix I cannot imagine the quantity of partying and oh, the hangover man. that man must have had the next day. I mean, like, that must have been legendary. So that kind of wraps up the Mexican Grand Prix, unless, uh, Boba or Nick, do you have anything more to uh, say about it going into the next one? Uh, I-, I guess there's also... We've been kind of tracking the battle between... Uh, McLaren and Ferrari and this is yeah, a, we have. this is a watershed moment in that battle. So the positions that they yeah, absolutely. we'll go through the top 10 is Max Verstappen taking it home with an over 16 second lead in the race at the end of it. Like ridiculous stuff. Um, Lewis gone. Lewis in second place. Uh, Sergio right behind him uh, followed by Pierre Gasly uh, who is well behind everybody else. The gap between yeah. Sergio and the rest of the field is like 40-something seconds uh, to Pierre. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. Gasly's just... He, Pierre's just back there trucking along, just having, having a grand I, old time, I, I, leading, I, I, leading the front-runners like that huge, aren't podiuming. Yeah, you know? isn't there like a huge gap in between Sergio and then Gasly and then Gasly and the next guy? No, Gasly yeah, and Leclerc is gap. like uh, 17 seconds. Okay. Something like that. 17 seconds. But 18, 17, 18. That's still a pretty substantial gap. It's, it's a not pretty, huge. It's a, that's, well, that's a pretty good gap. Well, Charles Leclerc finishing fifth ends the people who have finished the race on the leading lap. 
Everybody else <laughs> is at least Which a lap is behind. Shocking. Yeah, that's that's pretty nuts. Um, so it's Max, Lewis, Sergio, Pierre, then Charles in the Ferrari, and then Carlos in a Ferrari behind him, uh, followed by Mr. Sebastian Vettel picking up six points and seven. Kimi Raikkonen grabbing eighth, which is awesome. Uh, Mr. Going for him. The, uh, what is it? The Minister of Defense for Spain, Fernando yes. Alonso, yes. takes up P9. And then Lando Norris, the only scoring McLaren Mercedes uh, for the race. Uh, then we got mm. Gio, Ricciardo, mm. Ocon, Stroll, Botas, who unfortunately, well, he finished P15. He was in P12 uh, battling with Danny Rick for a while, but he pitted yeah. for the softs to get the fastest lap, and that knocked him back down. Yep. Uh, Mr. Yep. George Russell in 16, Latifi in 17, Mazepin in 18, Mick Schumacher and Tsunoda, as mentioned, both being uh, deleted by Ocon in the opening lap. Yeah, <laughs> deleted. Uh, Danny Ricciardo was he, he was pretty upset. Um, uh, yeah, and after that race, I from what I understand. Well, he, here's one of the reasons why. That race saw Ferrari take the lead over McLaren in the Constructors' Championship. That's uh, they lost out on so many points through just the you know what happened during the Grand Prix that uh, Ferrari not only took the lead but took a notable lead over them of about thirteen mm. points, thirteen and a half points. Ooh. We got half point. That'll get you. That will get you. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, Danny Rick started seventh, and and yeah, that had a had a good shot, man. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. just you know, the the stars did not align for him, which no. is really quite unfortunate. But um, let's take uh, I don't have anything else for for Mexico. Let's take a couple more questions and round this mother trucker out. So. Uh, we have Jesse call in with a uh, not a Formula One question, but a Formula related question. Let's see what he's got to say. Good question. Doesn't involve Jack Black, uh, and uh, there may be music, but I don't know. Uh, so Formula D is also known as Formula Drift. Uh, I can't tell you if it's good or not because I've never watched it, but uh, I did take a quick peek. Uh, so Formula Drift is much, 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 much different from Formula oh, One. Yeah. It is, it's not FIA related. So it's not in the same sporting group as like F1, F2, F3. Um, the Le Mans style races, including Le Mans itself. Right. Um, so Formula D is kind of like an Americanism. And it, it does seem kind of interesting. So people don't race for time. Uh, they're actually racing for points as determined by a judge was, was what I got out of uh, my mm-hmm. quick look into it. So they're drifting. They're, they're being rated for their control, for you know how well they perform the actual drift, uh, not, for, not for placement, uh, which is, uh, you know, that's how... All the formulas go: Formula One, Formula Two, Three, Formula E, um, MotoGP, all that kind of stuff. Le Mans—they're all—they're all racing for position, um, not for. Uh, some races are done by uh, like drag racing; it's just times. So, whether you finish uh, first or twentieth in the order, it's how quickly you did the lap. 
that really matters. Um, but again, Formula D is points just by just by style and precision and ability to drift, and that's how it goes. Um, if you are interested, if you or if you know where we could watch it, I'd I'd be down to watch one just to like see what's up. So, um, Jesse, man, if you got if you got a way for us to watch it, shoot it shoot it our way. Uh, let us know what the dealio is, and we'll we'll take if a peek. You had to choose one um, and only one gear now to use for the duration of the race. The serious which one questions. would you choose, and why? And, uh, I did say. Keep in mind, this that, would be the only gear in the car. So perhaps some other questions that might incentivize everyone to. Um, to submit questions, because if we have extra time, I, mean, I, I, I put something in there. So, uh, my good friend Tex of the Black Pants Legion, who runs the BPL podcast, which if you're listening to this and you enjoy uh, video games, uh, Colberto and Boba and I are all um, enormous nerds that play video games, and that's how we all wound up meeting each other. How dare um, you? We also just like race cars. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, facts hurt, man. Sorry about it. Um, so. Uh, if you know uh, Tex of Tex Talks Battletech, that's the that's him. That's the one, the only. He's got his own podcast, the BPL podcast. You should go check it out. Contribute to Not the Crusade me. Against the Berkeley Public Library podcast. Yeah, yeah. Nick is even which is, the voice of members of the Steiner Scout Squad. I, I have done voice work for Tex's YouTube channel, but that's neither here nor there. Tex wants to know about gearing. He has a highly technical question related to gears. Let's see what it is that Tex wants to know. Colberto appears to be in physical pain, and I'm not sure if it's the milk or the question... You know, those, I, think, I think the question's starting to sour the milk that I'm now filled with more so than, <laughs> than it would be otherwise. <laughs> uh, this is just, it's, the end of this podcast is just pain, I guess, in all oh, Suffering. Lando, please help this oh man. My God. Lando Norris, please expand your way into this podcast so that we can end this, end this man's pitiful it's suffering. Just, I, I don't, I think I'm down more milk after this. Something tells me that uh, Lando <laughs> Norris is not going to listen to our humble podcast of three listeners and stop me from Look, doing, man, I, uh, more milk. You can't have no in your heart. Uh, you know, mm. it, Sir Lewis Hamilton, champion of the world, once said, "Never give up." Look, so yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do. Ricky Bobby once said, "If I you're mean, not first, you're last." So you got to be in it to win. Well, Ricky right? Reese Bobby said that. Uh, yeah, Bobby he was Howie said, said that. that. Didn't you watch he the movie? Yeah. Look, Come on, whatever. This, this guy's fine. an amateur. Anyway, so does a single gear. In... Come okay. on, man. What, what gear would it be? Uh, Colberto, you got to kick it off because you love this question so much. I can oh, tell. Good. Yeah. So. So, I guess we're talking about like a Formula One car having a single gear, and since yeah. Formula One cars have a ludicrous amount of power, uh, I don't look. I, answering this question seriously is is just not right. Sure, third gear. Third, I like the number three. You probably are going to be able to go around most low speed corners in third. You could probably bump start the car in third with like by just pinning it, maybe. Uh, 
and, and you won't go super fast, but you'll go fast enough. And I probably won't be able to kill myself if I can't go above third gear in one of those cars. So sure, let's say third. Fair enough, Boba. How about you, man? Where are you where are you putting this thing? Well, to answer the question correctly, as per the, the, the as per the question itself, in reverse. <laughs> Why not, my you guy? Know? Oh mm. man, that's out of left field too. I like that. Yeah. I fucking yeah. like that. And Formula One cars do, they don't use it often because it's usually illegal to engage it, but there is a reverse gear on all Formula See? One cars. Look so, at this guy. If if I was to put a, a, a slightly better answer in that maybe doesn't follow the, the, the I guess, the spirit of the question, mm. Williams at one point, right, had a continuously variable transmission, Ooh. which was technically one gear. Look at, Look at this guy doing some big brain shit. Yeah. The CVT. I had a. I used to drive a Honda Civic that had a CVT in it, yeah. and it was nice, but also weird. Mm-hmm. It was weird because when you put the power in, it would rubber band, and all of a sudden you'd like thump around in your seat. But it was also weird because like once it kind of got up to a certain level, like power just kept going in, and you didn't notice it. So like all of a sudden you're doing like 98 down the freeway, and you're like. Hang on, hang on a minute here. This is uh, hold on. What's going on? What's uh, I'm not that fast. Then it's not that everyone else is that slow. What's happening here? Then you look at the speedo (laughs) and you're like, I'm going to die. There were (laughs) Um, so there's varying. um, If I remember correctly, when they tested that, it was fast, but there were concerns about its reliability. And uh, Mm -hmm. there's back and forth talk. I'm not sure if anyone's ever been deterministic as to whether or not it was faster than with the gearbox. But one thing they mm. did say is that the noise was awful because the engine then no. rides at a very consistent RPM. So instead of getting the mm. like, rrr, 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 of the cars going around the track, it's just the whole time. Like, it just does not change. <laughs> so uh, that, mm. that apparently was not a very fun thing to listen to the whole time. And I think uh, no. there, there's uh, rumors that the FIA would not have been pleased if someone brought a no, really I, awfully sounding car to the track, uh, even if it were a fast one. Hmm. I, I think it was. I, I think the CVT was straight up banned even before that car made it to a race. Yeah, I think that's they, pretty funny. They were testing. I mean, they tested a bunch of goopy stuff. We could do a whole podcast all the Six weird things oh, man, that they yeah. have tried out in Formula One. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. You think Active that we suspension? Won't? And, yeah. It's gonna happen. Well, Nick, what's that, your answer? Because oh, oh yeah. um, I don't know what the maximum gear. Like, I don't know where they top out. But seventh or eighth? Is it like seventh, eighth? Yeah, eight. <laughs> eighth gear. This top gear. More power, baby. More power, More power baby. baby. That's that's what's up, man. You got you got just <sighs> maximums. How are you gonna How are you gonna win if you're not fast? Eighth is yeah. where the speed is. Yeah, have fun stalling. So that's out where we're when that's you go where... through like a second gear corner, and then I just go past whatever. You're going. Just, you got a clutch. Look, you man, clutch. It's, I'm gonna make it up on the straightaways. Okay, <laughs> just bump it as soon as you get out. You just peek into the, like, you just coast. the rev limiter if there even is one in one of those cars. You just <laughs> bang, and then just start at like 40 and slowly <laughs> ramp up the speed. Oh, you just coast. You mm. just gotta coast. Okay, you just you don't break. You just let up off Why the gas. Why are you still drinking milk? This is it in. Oh. <laughs> Why are you still drinking Lando milk? Because Lando isn't here, believe, man. Lando's not that here. Lando will save my life. He's coming. He's. I'm gonna. I'm adding him on Twitter right Aww. now. Speaking of Twitter, 
This is the end of the podcast, and the portion that we refer to as the call to action, where I am legally and morally obliged to tell you to come and check us out on, uh, you know, Twitter, the Twitter machine. We we operate that. I put things on it sometimes. There's a poll up about uh, a certain driver that we sometimes forget about. You should go and look at it. Not uh, Mr. Saturday, because I, I remember him. I, I, oh, yeah, but I attempt to, but Mr. apparently Saturday. I'm not very good at Nick, it. Nick, do you, no, who, do you know the name of Mr. Saturday, or do you only know him as Mr. Saturday at this point, because we've been saying that? So anyway, the Twitter is uh, a very <laughs> midfield PC. That's uh, that's a very midfield PC uh, Twitter, uh, Will Russell, where you can tell me that I'm a horrible human being. Um, we also have a anchor you can uh you can find our uh if you're listening to the podcast you probably found it through anchor so if you don't know how to get to anchor i may be somewhat disappointed in you however we do stream to other services so if you're looking for us on anchor it's uh anchor.fm slash midfield dash podcast and there you can go to submit questions have your voice heard on the podcast or if you're a little more shy you can always shoot us an email and that's going to be very midfield podcast at gmail.com. So, uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, we have moved to a new production service called uh, Riverside FM. Uh, it gives us a little better production tools, um, gives us hopefully better audio quality, and also gives us a software media board that's in the web app so that we can actually play your questions because uh, I think Trangineer J-Rob submitted his question like four weeks ago and we just now figured out how to like gorilla fist it into it. I had this whole thing set up where it was like (laughs) virtual cables and I watched like probably an hour and a half of YouTube and it was just embarrassing and bad and then I did all that and I watched a YouTube channel because I was like maybe I'll just buy a stream deck and this guy was like, yeah, here's this website where you just do it all. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> fucking sweet. Glad I've wasted all this friggin' time putting all this shit together. So anyway, um, we're still trying to figure out what sounds best. Uh, we want you guys to have a pleasant listen- listening experience. So uh, if you have any uh, feedback for us, we always appreciate it. Otherwise, thanks so much for coming by. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Colberto, Boba, anything to close it out with, guys? F1's got three races left. I think they're all night races. I'm really looking forward to them. Uh, all of the racing is dead now. NHRA drag racing, I think, is done. MotoGP's done, along with Valentino Rossi, which made me tear up. And it's... Man. But we're back again so soon. Testing just happens, like, what, the next day? I think at the end of the race, they just keep the cars going and go into testing nowadays. <laughs> it's I, I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, uh, no podium on the last race. Then no park fam. They just they, they just keep, just keep going. going. They go, all right, just get out the flo- the, the Flovis paint, throw it on the cars. We're yep. gonna just work mm-hmm. on those packages now. What? Who cares? They hop out of the twenty twenty one cars into the twenty two cars and just keep going. <laughs> um, pit it, pit it, and keep going. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, looking forward to catching up on all the races for the for this podcast and uh, and hearing more good questions from you all, please. Save us from Texas questions, and and Lando, if somehow you ever listen to this, please help. Please, please help. <laughs> it's only you can stop this, Lando. Only you possess this power. If you know Lando, please tell him that only he can stop this madness, <laughs> this insanity. 
Yeah, Mr. Russell's going to be like, oh, hey, Lando, come check out this podcast. <laughs> he would, except for the barber's mm-hmm. like, that asshole forgot my name. And then he's going to be like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck those people. No. They deserve the milk. <laughs> they deserve the milk. All right, gang. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will catch you guys another time.